When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Momming today with Daisy Wademan Dowling, and the topic is mom tasking, which is multitasking at its finest. Answering a work email one handed, holding a baby with the other hand, and then using your toes to whisk laundry into the washing machine. As women, we're really good at this. Our husbands are probably not. A famous philosopher once said, To do two things at once is to do neither. And that got me thinking instead of mom tasking and multitasking all the time, should we be monotasking? And would we be more attentive moms if we just slowed down? Daisy is a mom of two. She's author of a, a column for the Harvard Business Review and the founder and CEO of Work Parent. So I think you know a thing or two about this. I do. <laughs> I do. I struggle with it myself, and I coach and counsel and train a lot of people who are struggling with it too. So how do we, how do we slow down? Yeah. So it's really, really hard. Let's say that up front. So, you know, anybody who's working full time, part time and also raising kids is struggling with this phenomenon that we have of always having to be on, always having to be on email, always having to be responsive, having so much to do, long hours, and then also really wanting to be there for your kids. And where that leaves us is in this sort of crazy place where we're always doing two things at once. One of the key tactics that I suggest to every working parent who I coach and counsel is thinking about time in really, really small bites. It's probably going to be hard or unrealistic or just make you really, really stressed out if you say to yourself when you get home at 6 or 7 in the evening, I'm not going to get on email all night. I'm just going to spend the whole evening with the kids. That is going to be tough, and you might miss something that's coming out at work or some news that you you need to attend to from the office, from your boss. But you can spend 20 minutes not looking at your phone. You can spend an hour when you're eating dinner with the kids not looking at your phone and then jump back online or, you know, get back to work afterwards. So I really advise people to think about breaking their time down into small increments. And during those 15 minutes or during that hour, just be 100% present and mindful and there with the kids. I think 15 minutes is manageable for a lot of people, but should we strive for an hour, if not longer? I think it depends on the texture of your job, and it also depends on the age of your kids. So if you know that you only are going to have one hour before the baby goes to bed, mm-hmm. because that's you know the time you know small children go to bed early, and you're only going to have that one hour, strive for that. If your kids are teenagers and you're going to have several hours in the evening and you know you're going to have to be doing some work and they're going to be doing homework, maybe you do 15 minutes with them as soon as you get home and then 15 minutes before they go to bed. Yeah. So I think, I think just adjusting based on what works for your own life. And I think this – it might impact working mothers more because they have less time. But I think for all mothers, we're so um, – we, we just – we get a lot done. And with electronics, it's very difficult to – just focus on on one thing, let alone on just your children. Um, 
I have some suggestions, and I'll let you weigh in because Please. these were enlightening for me of what of what parents can do. So if you have older kids, you might want to do something like no phone Saturdays. And if you have younger kids, I know someone who they play this game before they go to bed, and I'm about to try this, where they just go around walking the entire house in the dark because it's an activity for the kids. It's something that you can do together. It's fun, and it's part I of that, that ritual where this is going to take a long time. There's nothing else we can do but talk to each other as we walk around in the house. Right. And it's just silly. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I think that's a great trick. I've seen lots of working parents tell me uh, that they do other things. They get out of the house and go for a walk and leave the phones at home. Um, they exercise together. They do some other kind of activity together that basically takes them away or somehow physically prevents them, to mm-hmm. your point, from engaging with whatever else is vying for their attention. I get jealous sometimes of my husband because, um, and I don't mean to make this gender, but it, it is somewhat, if he's, you know, home alone with the kids on any day, um, I, I come in and he is playing with them. They are running around having fun and, you know, there's dishes in the sink and he didn't do anything else but play with the kids. But how awesome is it that he didn't multitask? He just gave his full undivided attention to the children. But then I got to clean up the house. Yeah, I I think sometimes uh, women and men, too, um, depending on, you know, your personality, how you approach things. But often women can be victims of our own competence. We are so good at getting things done. And, you know, you start the day with a long task list. And if you want something done, give it to a working mom. Right. She will plow through it and she will check it off the list. Uh, to any mom. Everyone's saying to, amen out there. Give it yeah. to the busiest person in the room if you want it done right. Give it to a working mother. Exactly. Um, but where that leaves you, though, is feeling like you always have to be checking things off that list. You always need to be in accomplishment mode. And I think one of the things that works really well with kids, and they can tell when you're in accomplishment mode also <laughs> at any age, but particularly, you know, sort of toddlers, age five, I've got a five-year-old. She's very conscious of when I'm sort of trying to get something done in the evening. Turn that what off as much How as you can. You know? She'll say, Mommy, stop looking at your phone. Or, um, or, you know, why can't you just play this game with me or something? And it's, it's harsh to hear, um, but it's a wonderful reset. But my point is it's, it's good to try and turn off that sense of being diligent and thorough sometimes. Th- those are good qualities. But sometimes you just want to get on the ground and, you know, um, you know, play a game with the kids or be silly or d- put on some music and dance with, you know, your small kids and just enjoy. Let's do this the other way from from the boss's point of view. We all need mental time. We need time dedicated to that unite task, that, that single task of, of being a mother, being a parent. You can't go to your boss the next morning and say, oh, I, I missed that because I, I was playing games. Yeah. That's not gonna. That's not gonna work. But is there a way to say, I I worked my eight, my ten, my twelve hours today, and then I got home and I did my other job and I gave that my full attention. Is there a way to bridge the gap? Yeah, and again, I think it's by doing things, um, you know, sort of one by one, right? When you get home, really focus on the kids. And then if you know that your boss is expecting that report or wants an update on a project, maybe you do get back online at 8 o'clock and you send an email and an update or, or you know, reach out to a colleague and let them know that you're still engaged. In other words, send some signals. Demonstrate that, that you're doing what other people at work expect you to be doing. But that doesn't mean that you need to do it every minute 24-7. So I take – I work strange hours. So I, I pick my kids up from school and uh, I often – it's 3.30 – 
I often take work calls at that time, and I always it's on speaker in my car, and I, I always say whoever is to whoever is calling, I apologize ahead of time. You might hear my kids. I'm doing school pickup. And I kind of just – at first I did it, you know, with a question mark always in my voice. Or how, how are they going to feel about hearing someone they're working with in the car with their kids? But I think they kind of like it. They say have a good day or yeah. say hi to the kids or, you know, whatever. It works. Maybe. Well, well I, I think there's something really powerful about parents talking to parents. And you can be talking to the toughest boss in the entire world. Um, or the toughest client. And if you say, you know, hey, I'm picking my kids up from school, if they have kids also, that's something they can relate to. And all of a sudden you're talking about something that's positive, that's a shared experience, that um, they, you know, may still very much want your professional attention, but it's not something that they're probably going to snap at you about. To go back to multitasking, there's research that came out of the University of London. This blows my mind. It says multitasking lowers your IQ, similar to what these researchers would expect to see if someone had smoked marijuana or stayed up all night. Yeah, that I hadn't heard that particular piece of research, but I've seen a lot that's out there about how multitasking actually makes you worse at all the things you're trying to do. It doesn't make you better or faster. But you checked it off the list, but, but so you that's checked, good, right? You checked it off the list, and you felt like you were running all out to get something done. The other thing that multitasking does is really take away from your enjoyment of being a parent. If you're not present with your kids, you can't savor them. And even if that time is, you know, short, even if it's brief, even if you do work very long hours, you don't want the time that you have to be sort of, you know, diminished somehow by mm-hmm. having giving your attention to something else. Your, your kids are only young or with you for so long, and you want to enjoy that time. Is electronics the biggest culprit? I think in the past 12 years, so since the iPhone was, was released, and I love my iPhone like everybody else, so I'm not <laughs> criticizing it. But since the iPhone was released, I think that has been a big strain on working parents. It's a big cultural shift. That said, even if electronics weren't there, working parents still, you know, you still have the, you know, the documents in your purse that you need to read for tomorrow. You still have people who can call you. Um, you know, work may still be top of mind. Even if you are not looking at a device, your mind may be elsewhere. So it's about electronics, but it's also about how you think and act. That research that I was just uh, mentioning – They put numbers in a way to prove their point. They say IQ drops of 15 points for multitasking men lowered their scores, their IQ scores, to the average range of an 8-year-old child. Yeah. So it's like we're running around like a wild child all day long trying to to accomplish whatever our list says. Yeah. And we're just not fully there. And and I wonder if that chaoticness – if that makes us overparent our children, are we send, are, are we teaching our children to just stay busy or to be overprogrammed and scheduled? Yeah, I mean, so they're mimicking us. We're we're modeling. Uh, kids are modeling their behavior off what they see, and if they see us as being sort of crazed and multitasking as the norm, that they are going to accept that because they don't know anything else. I, th- I think it's very powerful. It's an important point to be able to set that example for your kids of engaging with people, not just parent-children, but later on with, you know, with their partner, with their colleagues. Um, that's an important skill for them to have. I, um, I keep my children very busy. I think that's just the way I am. And I worry that as we go to one class, to another class, to a party, to an activity, to this, to that, I have them entertained all day long. So I feel like I've done something, and I'm trying to tire them out, of course, so they go to sleep at night. Um, 
But but I, I, I feel like they can, and I've noticed this recently with both of them, even my, my one-year-old. They can't just sit and play. They don't know how to just be. It's, it's constant. So now we have library time. Me or my nanny, one of us will take Wonderful. them to the library a few times a week to just see if they can pick up a book and just be somewhat quiet for <laughs> a short period of time. I, I can't say it's working, though. And I fear that my over-programmed nature has passed on to my kids. Well, you're teaching them how to do a lot of things and engage in the world in a different way. Um, and you're, you're trying to make me feel better. I, you know, there's <laughs> well, there's a lot of positive to all of this. At the same time, I think it's important to also t- take a step back. One thing, um, to use a personal example, my husband and I have done is because we're the same way. We're you know two full time you know working parents. We've got the kids and a ton of activities, but every weekend we take half a day and we do nothing. And I love a, it. It's a dedicated day of, you know, we can go out of the house and go for a walk, go to the park, whatever it is. But there's no activity. There's no social engagement. We just relax. And we find that to be the most powerful time of our week. So it's this idea then of not only monotasking but slow parenting just to slow down. You see it when you – I mean if you're going food shopping or to the mall or wherever and you have a, a, a kid with you, a younger kid, and you know how they uh, they want to stop and, and look at everything and you just – you need to get the milk and go and we're constantly rushing them. That maybe we should do all those stops with them and say, oh, look at that. Oh, you see that? I mean we'd never get anything done but should we – I'm just trying to give people who might be listening some ideas of small things that they can incorporate every day that will make their kids feel that they're – more listened to yeah. instead of rushing them? So one of the most powerful tools that um, working parents can have is a family meal. So one of the greatest ways to connect with your kids at any age is to sit down at the table with them and eat together. And if you talk to most working parents, that just doesn't happen every day. Maybe it can't happen every day because of schedules. Mm-hmm. If the once a week, and the family meal doesn't have to be dinner, it can be a Saturday morning breakfast at a diner in your neighborhood. It can be, you know, a takeout pizza uh, that you have together on Friday night. But if you can have a regularized ritual mm-hmm. of slowing down, sitting down, and connecting over the table, that will feel disproportionately powerful. It will loom very large in a good way in terms of your family life. I remember having dinner every night together growing up. And I recently asked my mom, I feed my kids a little bit earlier. We had dinner like 7, 7.30. And my mom goes, oh, without fail, we had dinner together almost every single night. And it was at that time because that's when daddy came home from work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you could all be together. There's a, another, you've cited some really powerful research. One um, piece of research that really caught my attention was the Columbia University um, Center on the Study of Addiction. Uh, at, you know, was trying to figure out what sort of things you can do for children to basically make them immune to or, or not tempted by drugs or substance abuse later in their lives. And they looked at all kinds of different, you know, edu- drug and alcohol education and the role of the pediatrician and so on and so on. And one of the most important factors to children not getting involved in that later on in their lives is eating dinner with their family. That's amazing. It's it's just you, because of it's it's the moment where you're special. We're hearing about your day. We're all together. We're in this together. They feel supported. Um, they feel that they can talk to their parents. That challenging issues that may be coming up at school or with their peers or whatever, they can engage in mm-hmm. in a supportive way um, with people who will listen to them, love them, etc. That all happens around the table, and just that ritual. And it doesn't have to be daily. 
it just has to be regular. That's fantastic. So one way to help ensure that this epidemic going around of, of drug use and pill use for, for children is to have dinner with them every night. Yeah. Um, I've asked my the mom friends that I admire their parenting and I admire what they've done with their children. They have great kids. Because I, I think we all fear this as parents, since it is such an epidemic, how, how, you know, we try so hard every day, but how do we make sure that this doesn't happen to, to our loved ones? One of my mom friends said, keep them busy. Just keep your kids really, really busy because they're involved in a high school sport. They're going to care about what goes into their body. They're going to care about being punctual. Yeah. They're, it was a good point, but that leads to the, the other problem of this constant over-programming of our children. Yeah, I think it's a balance. And listen, you you're parenting the child you have. That's uh, true. So they're all different. Very the, different. The, the, some kids need to, you know, just go out and be active, you know, twelve hours a day, and other kids want quiet time to process. And I think that's the kind of gut instinct that every mom has. Yeah. Um, what What are you working on right now? What topics? What themes that are resonating with with you the most? And do you find? Um, our kids, your kids are five and seven, you said? Yes. How do you find your mentality has changed as your kids grow up? Yeah, so I think things actually get a little more complex as your kids grow up. Um, when you are blessed to have very small children, uh, you're thinking about a lot of the physical caretaking of them. And as they grow, then you're thinking about their education. You're thinking about you know, what are they learning? What are their friends telling them? Um, how are they, you know... How are they developing sort of out there in the world as individuals? And and that makes things a little bit more complex. And it means, again, that you probably want to attend to and spend more time with them in some ways and to really be present and fully there for them. So back to your point about monotasking and, and being present for them. Uh, but some of the things that I hear from working parents and, and you know, they're really top of mind for working moms, time management is a huge one. Um, being part of a two-career couple is something that I think a lot of people grapple with. I don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time. How are we, make, we making this all work as a family? Um, you know, just thinking about sort of daily um, sort of life hacks and routines that can make life easier. Um, you know, things like how do we get a family dinner on the table? So I, I think, you know, most working parents are just thinking about how to sort of oper, oper, <laughs> operationalize what they need to really yeah. and make life work. It's it's as I do um, these podcasts. Um, I've been surprised. One common element through all of them has been women saying, "I couldn't do this without my partner." We both work, but he really pitches in. She really pitches in. Yeah, all the time because we've kind of moved as a society where if you're a stay-at-home mom, that's great. That's great for your children. That's great for for your life. Um, for your finances, but it's it's and I, and in a way I joke about this with with my friends who are stay at home moms. You know, as much as I'm sometimes envious of them, they're envious of me because they don't get a break. They're just being a mom all day long, and that is hard work in and of itself. Absolutely. Um, but you know, the, this whole thing. You know, we're both working parents. How do you where do, how do you make it work together? It it is difficult because it's a constant juggling. Someone has to be home to do this when you're both busy all day doing your your other jobs in addition to your parenting job. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot of one-to-one coaching with parents, um, particularly people who are becoming working parents. And one of the first um, exercises I do with each one of them is I sit them down and I say, you know the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child? (laughs) It does. Well, it it does. But let's talk about how you're going to build your village, Mm -hmm. right? And the support that you get and the other villagers, so to speak, that may be your spouse or partner. It may be grandparents. It may be neighbors. It may be Um, you know, caregivers. It may be all kinds of other people, extended family members. But think in a really concerted and expansive way about who can join your village, who you can draft and make part of your village, so that whether you're a single parent, a, you know, sole, you know, breadwinner, and you have a spouse at home, or whether you're a two-career couple, that you're maximizing the support that you can get because you need to. And you can multitask less then because you have other people doing more. You've delegated. You've delegated. I think people are also always, especially grandparents, grandparents are always looking for something to do, right? For for me, like how can they help? I find it's easier Maybe you just like assign them. Okay, every Tuesday, can you come between four and seven and do this or whatever? And it's like you take something off your plate and then everyone's happy. I don't know. Yeah. One of the things I suggest that working parents do if they're enlisting grandparents or other people too (laughs) is that they get really specific about what help they need. Because if you sometimes ask a grandparent to quote unquote help – they may think that what you need is, um, you know, dinner to be made. But what you really need is for your daughter to be picked up from school, um, you know, or something else. Right. So if you can very politely and pleasantly say, you know, it would be such a help to me if you could go get, you know, my daughter, you know, your granddaughter from school, then all of a sudden you've done yourself a favor. And the grandparent is usually very happy to, to help out And if you way. give them a set time, you don't have to ask anymore, hey, are you available? It, they know to do it. Exactly. And the, exactly. I, I used to feel, I used to rely on my, my mother and my mother-in-law a, a lot. Um, and I, I just, I felt bad all the time. But then we switched the way we got help or whatever. And they, they miss helping. They're calling me all the time. What can we do? And I'm thinking I should probably give them little assignments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the other ways to get help without, you know, sometimes you don't have a grandparent who's present. Right. And you can't get that support. But I also encourage working mothers in particular to talk to other people they work with who are working parents and get their mommy advice. Mentors. Mommy mentors, mommy peers, mommy friends, mommy allies, mommy supporters, mommy bosses, whoever it is, just reach out and get help. I think people tend to think of working motherhood as something they have to soldier through and sort of endure Mm -hmm. and that they can't let down their guard or tell people, hey, this is really hard. Sometimes people are a little bit shy about that. But I have never found a single working parent when I say, can I get your advice about this or, you know, how do you solve for, you know, this problem or this challenge? People are more than happy to share. I've never met a working parent information hoarder. Agreed. And I've never met a working parent who boasts about how well they do at home. Everyone, or how, how easy life is. Yeah. No, they're always, no. oh, yeah, yeah. We've been there. Let, let me tell you how, how bad it can get or what you need to do. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like this uh, this tribe, if you will. <laughs> exactly. It's sort of an underground. But let's take that underground and make it above ground yeah. because I think that's where people feel more, more, what, much um, more supported. What excites you the most as your kids get older? I, you know, I think it's just exciting to watch new skills. I, I've got a seven-year-old, and she's reading now. And crazy, it's like, when did you learn how to do that? It's just <laughs> wonderful to to see her um, learn how to do that. It's it's a profound thing, and. You know, my five-year-old learned how to do a cartwheel, and that it was That's just sick. that was you know in her mind that was you know <laughs> the achievement of a of her lifetime, and um, and it's just wonderful to see that sense of accomplishment 
Um, and to know that, you know, they'll continue with that too. And, you know, one day they'll probably work, be working moms also. Are you the mommy mentor for, for the other families in your office, on your block? Well, I try to be the mommy mentor, <laughs> but I joke that I went into this line of work and I founded this company because I needed the service myself. So <laughs> I'm, I'm the mommy mentor who is incessantly asking for mentoring from everybody else. And that's how we get stronger and happier as working parents is by reaching out to other people. Thank you so much, Daisy. Your wealth of information. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.